Today's guest, Frank Schlehuber, Senior Consultant Market Affairs at Kleber. I think remanufacturing, circular economy, this plays a major role in the future. And it's not about turbocharger and uh, rotating electric anymore. It's a new form of rotating electric, e-motors, e-axles, complete gearboxes, which have less gears but are mounted to a electric motor. So this is a new product scheme and a portfolio. And here OEMs are asking already suppliers and suppliers make preparations. Tech Talk, the automotive aftermarket podcast. Episode 4 of our Tech Talk aftermarket podcast already. Today we are taking a bit of a bird's eye view on all the pressuring topics with our guest Frank Schlehuber from the European Association of Automotive Suppliers, Short Kleper. Frank's a very busy man, so I was quite happy that he could make the time to join us at Automechanica Frankfurt. We talked about electrification and the latest study conducted by Kleper and Roland Berger, which points at the date when 50% of the car park will be electric the importance of circular economy in electric mobility, the current state of telematics data, how sustainability will be a competitive KPI in the future, his view on big e-commerce players stepping into the market and how collaborations across the whole value chain, including the OEMs, will be the key to success. Overall, very insightful talk on all the topics Frank and Klepa are currently dealing with, so I'd say we just jump right into the podcast. Hello and welcome to the next episode of our Tech Talk here at Automechanica Frankfurt. And our next guest, I'm very happy that he's joining us today. Actually, he he's just here today, at least that's what I heard, to, to be guest in our, in our Tech Talk and share the latest news with our community. It's uh, Frank Schlehuber from Kleper. Hi, Frank. Thanks a lot. And Christian, thanks a lot for the opportunity to be with you here in the Tech Talk. As we discussed before, most of our viewers or nearly everyone will, of course, know you. You are kind of the, the Kleper in, in the human form. But for the ones who probably don't know you yet, uh, could you tell them a bit more about the topics you're dealing with within Kleper and what you're doing? Of course. I'm at Kleper responsible mainly for the aftermarket. And uh, aftermarket, this contains uh, running the Kleper aftermarket uh, forum which is the top deciders, uh, about 32 companies are building that forum. And in that forum, we are uh, deciding on topics which are relevant for the industry, studies we want to make, topics which are relevant for the aftermarket conference, which we do on an annual basis. And from that side, uh, that keeps me busy, busy from the aftermarket uh, perspective. So basically, your members, like we are, we come to you and say, we want this, please make it happen. Yeah, not in that way, but uh, Tech Alliance and especially Caruso are really valuable sources for input for us. And uh, it's really relevant to understand what problems do we have with spare parts identification. If you want to do a lobbying job in Brussels, you need this backup to have really evidence. This is the problem. Yes. And this is what you need to ask for. We do it with Caruso. 
We do it with Tag Alliance. And we have topics here which are relevant at the moment for the legislation. Yeah, access to data, spare parts identification, what is granted by the type approval, but did never materialize. Yeah, and therefore it's really essential for us to have this backup and uh, to have you also in the uh, working groups. Yeah? Definitely. And it's been a while since we last met in person. So how does it feel to be back on the first proper Auto Mechanica since 2018? I can only say one word great i think it's all about networking and uh, this event here in frankfurt showed me people are eager to meet again and people need this kind of networking and networking is as essential as all these displays on the booth and the discussion about business definitely here in one place we have all the deciders and uh, what's better to make the short connections here And you can verify what you have heard, you can confirm, you can discuss and uh, move on things, get things kickstarted. Fantastic. And we had the same experience already with our aftermarket conference. Uh, yes, you came Brussels. back as well this spring. Exactly. We came back uh, with a meeting in presence. By the way, in uh, June, it was not so clear. Uh, this was right after the pandemic yeah. slowed down a little bit. I was not sure 1st of June if we can really do it. We had more than 200 people in Brussels. What is a very good result for yes. that environment. And I hope we get back to 300 people next year. And from that side, really meeting in presence is unbeatable. There's nothing what will beat that. Yeah? No, totally agree. And many ask, do we still need trade shows in the future? Ah. And that's something, it, it, it depends on the definition. Do we need a trade show to sign deals and papers? Probably not. No. But what we need, and especially the aftermarket, which is very kind, kind like a family, we need a place where we can come together. No, if you look here at the Auto Mechanica, there are so many um, places where you can listen to speeches. Yeah? I delivered one, in one hall uh, a speech uh, two days ago on electromobility. People share their knowledge. Uh, people attract others. Uh, there had been 1880 people listening. I see here this corner just opposite from us where people gather listening 30 minutes to an interesting topic. And I think this is the new format that we have a really good mix out of networking, than business discussions, but also having additional information on the show. This is, I think, a good mix. And uh, from that side, I'm really excited and happy what happened here and that we are really back after nearly four years of absence. Yeah? Yes, true. And you mentioned it. You gave a, a talk about electrification, electric vehicles, big topic in the market. So in your opinion, How far are we? Is the market prepared for electrification? And I guess something no one is talking enough about is when would it happen? Yeah, I think there are two work streams and paths at the moment uh, relevant. One is when will be enough vehicles in the market that it's really relevant. And uh, we did a study with Roland Berger And uh, we collected a lot of input. We calculated scenarios regarding the penetration of uh, electric cars. And we came to the conclusion, plus or minus two years, that in the year 2038, we will have as many 
battery electric cars on the roads of Europe than ICE engine powered. So this means uh, this is roughly thing. It's still a couple of years out, but we should not forget that the basic decisions for um, electromobility and how to service these cars in the aftermarket will be taken now in the next three, four years. It must oh, be taken now. Yeah. So this means uh, at the moment, I really liked what I saw in the different uh, uh, booths from suppliers that they invest already in training, uh, high voltage training, yep. and that there is a high uh, recognition and attendance. Uh, that's really for sure. And I see here the suppliers really in the responsibility to offer that kind of knowledge uh, transfer. But on the other side, I see also uh, we need to prepare for that battery age. And uh, here we should have a closer look to the technology. Technology for electric cars depends on a couple of components, much less components than what we have today. Yes. And, um, but components of a higher value. And uh, these components are the classical candidates for remanufacturing. And I think remanufacturing, circular economy, this plays a major role in the future. And uh, it's not about turbocharger and uh, a, a rotating electric anymore. It's a new form of rotating electric, e-motors, e-axles, complete gearboxes, yes. uh, which have less gears but are mounted to an electric motor. So this is uh, a new uh, a product scheme and a portfolio. And here, OEMs are asking already suppliers and yes. suppliers make preparations. No, definitely. I agree with all these way more expensive parts in electric cars. This circular economy gets, gets a new drive. And we had Ma Maria Bonelli here ah, okay. talking mm -hmm. about the topic. You are, you're familiar with her as well, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. I guess they've also been at the, at the Kleber conference this year. Yeah. And this will be a, a, a topic the supply chain needs to deal with. No, and I think here we need also the help of the associations. We have still bottlenecks in the market. We have a waste regulation which doesn't really fit to remanufacturing. Yeah. We have the problem that cores are treated as waste in some countries and we need them back to be ready for remanufacturing. Yeah. So, and these things, uh, this is where we as an association can help in Brussels to get these things out of the way. And uh, here we are working on with others together, jointly with APRA and uh, yes. uh, other associations, FISHEFA, to, to get these things a little bit more in favor of circular economy. Yeah. So talking about electrification, kind of next in line on, on, on this path uh, would be self-driving vehicles, oh. autonomous vehicles. And on the road to be really a self-driving vehicle, first they come all these advanced vehicles with advanced sensors and advanced advanced tooling built in there, uh, in your opinion, for both uh, suppliers, but also workshops on this way to the autonomous vehicle. Where are the threats, but also the opportunities for our market, for the aftermarket? Good. When it comes to connected and automated driving, and now you touch on the point automated driving. Yes. This is only possible if you have automated functions and they depend on sensors they depend on very specific parts and uh, at the end up to level three there's always a driver yeah. uh, in between yeah for the most uh, relevant part of the driving 
level four, different story, level five, a completely different yeah. one. So means in a long run, these components get more and more specific and will get le less and lower uh, tolerances. This means we need very, very precise uh, components and we need a very, very precise calibration. So and for these components, two things are relevant. One is you need to have the tools and the possibility to calibrate them in workshops. And on the other side, you need to get access to those components. And what comes with the automation is automatically the cybersecurity protection. Yes. So this means if you have automated functions, you want to protect them. And we have the UN155, which allows an OEM to define an own individual security concept, which is not necessarily to be disclosed. No. This is the problem at the moment. And maybe this is an issue which might exclude, or there's a risk that this excludes third parties from this and market. And this is not even standardized across the manufacturers. Not at all. This is only not propriety uh, exactly. security concepts. Exactly. And they only have to disclose the concept to the authorities. They get the type approval and third parties are excluded. This is our big risk. And therefore, we as suppliers are highly interested to get these components into the market yes. and to allow everyone who is authorized to install and to marriage this uh, um, to, to do the marriage between the component and the system. Yes. So this will require software, this will require authorization, but on the other side, it requires that suppliers are not at all limited in selling these parts yeah. due to whatever reason, tooling rights, IP rights, or whatever, software rights, um, to the independent market. And here we are at the moment trying to get such aspects into the uh, next revision uh, the next uh, re revision of the type approval no of the motor vehicle block exemption regulation yes. and that we also get uh, something in the type approval regulation which uh, covers this authorization yes. and this is this is the biggest challenge at the moment in preparation to uh, autonomous driving yeah definitely and this uh security topic let's let's call it that way it sounds very familiar because also in uh, regarding the topic we got to know each other telematics data there was the manufacturers were trying to build this big security wall at the beginning yeah good this argument of security was used yes. to uh, exclude third parties here to get an exclusive or privileged access to yes. such data But I think that picture completely changed. Yes, true. Uh, and I, I was going to ask you, when you remember when we when we started with Caruso, when it turned from uh, from idea, project into a proper company, so what has happened in the last four years regarding the situation of telematics data? When I started to work for Klepper, this was in 2016. I remember the day, this was September 4. <laughs> you remember the exact Exactly, day. yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I was in Berlin and got the proposal from the OEMs and this is what suppliers have to ex uh, accept. Mm -hmm. And this is what we want you to represent in Brussels. Yes. And I said, oh, <laughs> let's have a closer look and open the box. And I said, this you is opened not the Pandora's <laughs> box. Uh, I opened the box, but <laughs> I didn't like what was in there. Yeah. And, and then we started, of course, to 
investigate. And uh, we did a couple of use cases, verifications. We called it proof of concept. And uh, in two proof of concept rounds, we found things need to improve and we need definitely a kind of regulatory framework yes. to uh, get this sorted out because technology stepped ahead and there was only one uh, solution which really hit the market and this was every car was only communicating with the OEM backend yes. so and uh, data were sitting there and meanwhile and this changed the picture the commission has published a data act and yes. what we saw or what was published in uh, february this year changed the, the game yes. because what does the data act do the data act puts the user in the center for all machine generated data the user can make the data holder sharing the data with whatever party he selects the user is the master of the ceremony yes. and this changed even the picture at the oems they now see oh that's a big threat especially because the data are not further specified yes. it's all data yes and it's a huge efforts so on their side this is the threat to the oems of course the downside to the consumer is he's the only one who could file a claim against an yes. oem and this is unrealistic and and this is the other thing the consumer doesn't even know what is in the car available, what no. he could share with anyone else. Yes, so it's not transparent. It's not transparent. And therefore, we clearly are in favor now for a sector-specific regulation and all indications show in that direction. So the question is now what to ask for, yeah? So legislation helped us to become from, to move from enemy to lesser evil. No, no. I see it's super positive at the moment the data act with this very wide approach yeah. really gave the general yes. guidance and now in the sector specific and this is uh, expresses verbis it's yeah. in the in the text at the moment that there should be room for a, a, a sector specific regulation so and this is now to be filled with life and here the commission wants to come up with something the initial plan yeah. quarter four this year i think it's unrealistic they talk now quarter one but uh, we will get something yes and, and it also doesn't change the story from our side because this no. was one of the advantages we always put on our agenda no. to have like one place where you can distribute all the data from in one format exactly and for Klepper, over the six years of discussion now we never have disputed the way data get out of the car yeah i think you have to select at the end one way yes it's more important to have clear rules who is the data holder and how to share these data it's not about uh, the way uh, somehow you have to do it yeah yeah so but what's next and this is exactly where we say this needs to be regulated to avoid that we have privileged or equal and more equal uh, parties in the market. Yeah? We uh, touched the sustainability topic a bit when we were talking about circular economy. How about uh, 
sustainability measures which are which are asked by either car manufacturers so for the for the parts manufacturers like part, big manufacturers like Bosch they produce carbon neutral yeah. but for smaller manufacturers this is it will be will be an investment a monetary investment and it will be some effort for them yeah i think here we have to make a differentiation between mm. tier ones and yes. tier two three uh, the larger members uh, are clearly having own structures to handle the topic sustainability. Some are even more advanced, have already clear commitments and targets. And uh, we analyzed also a little bit what is in the reports uh, of our members, but also OEMs. And we found uh, a lot of members are really already deep into the topic. Yeah. The smaller members, uh, yeah, uh, they will have to build up structures and uh, competences to, at the end, comply to the uh, European law to have yes. from 2024 the reporting really according to the European standards. And uh, this might require help from an association. We have internal working groups mm -hmm. already started inside KEPA, members only to think about what could be the added value of an association and yep. what is to be done by the member because we should not forget sustainability gets more and more a KPI for competition. Definitely. Because and we should leave as an association this to the individual member to have enough room to position themselves with their own strategy but we should, as an association, summarize what is the sector doing yeah. in total, yeah, without going into individual uh, yes, uh, totally. targets. And this is the fine line we need to work out with members. Uh, Klepa has to come up with uh, with a solution in the future. We, we are not yet there yes. fully, but this is work in progress. And uh, there's a lively discussion. October 12th, we have the next workshop and th yeah. things are really on the on the agenda. Yeah. So you got it on the list. And another thing I was witnessing within the last years was that the uh, car manufacturers are coming back into the aftermarket again and seeking additional revenue, increasing their customer lifetime time value by by uh, selling services to them so we have the our aftermarket workshops and concepts in there we have the oems the uh, car manufacturers pushing yep. in but they don't have the infrastructure anymore because it, it was reduced and reduced and reduced and now they need it again so will we see more collaboration between aftermarket and oem Definitely, collaboration is anyway. This is the keyword of the future, and uh, in all that transition, uh, collaboration. Uh, not everyone can develop everything on its own. Yeah, that's very clear. Some think they do. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is a different topic. Yeah, <laughs> yes. but uh, even here we see uh, things now uh, getting a little bit more realistic. But what what happens at the moment? Uh, OEMs indeed thinned out their uh, service nets, yes. networks. And um, what they do is, uh, for example, uh, Motrio from Renault or also PSA, they invest now in independent aftermarket solutions. So this means uh, uh, Stellantis or PSA yes. is investing in e-commerce platform. They're investing in a Distrigo network. Uh, Renault is doing the same. This is their strategy yeah, to go 
to the market and to have a wider footprint in the market. Yeah. Others might look for partnerships, collaboration models. And what I see is that a lot of new OEMs are coming into the European market. What happens is they are all looking for uh, a way how to service their they do not have an own no. organization. Don't have to so structure. This means at the moment, uh, independent garages offer their service here yeah. with a new technology. These players are primarily battery electric uh, uh, yeah. players. These workshops will develop competences on battery electric vehicles. So why not uh, having similar workshops offering such services also for OEMs? Yeah. And here I see really uh, the market getting more specialized yeah, on the workshop level. There will be traditional workshops, but there will also be EV specialists. And the big question, Mark, is advanced driver assistant calibration. Is this a job which is uh, done by traditional workshops or is no. this a job which is also in the future done by uh, specialists? Let's see. Here, the thing is not yet decided. But with the electric... Uh, car service i'm pretty sure this will be a class of its own workshops and probably everyone has to find his niche in the future yes. but there will be more niches than uh, we ever uh, saw before yeah and time is running as we as exactly we, as we heard from your study together with roland berger 2038 50 so the groundwork needs to be done now Yeah, good. This means it's now ramping yes. up. Uh, these cars are covered under uh, a warranty. But in the long run, uh, yeah, uh, workshops have to make a decision to invest and to uh, take uh, yeah, people on board which can manage that. Yeah? You have to educate and to... to uh, to uh, care for the necessary uh, staffing Definitely. in your in your. When will uh, we see the first battery electric workshop? Own, the battery electric only workshop? They exist. They are. There are model shops already in Norway. Okay. I haven't seen one in, but I was informed so that, that this already. is already. Yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about it. And uh, in Norway, there are the first because the Teslas are now getting seven years and older. Yes, true. And uh, changing ownership, second, third owner. Yeah. So and out of a sudden, these people are looking for alternatives, and uh, there is a industry already supporting that uh, what to do with the battery how to do specific repairs but also workshops which are specializing on evs this is the first step and this will i think also uh, spread out in other countries yeah definitely another big topic this year at auto mechanica we see it in all four is e-commerce and all the big yeah. players now stepping into the aftermarket what does that mean for the for the supply chain will, will there be a disruption as everyone fears or how do you see these additional channels no i don't think that there will be a massive disruption yeah at the moment the, pri the primary uh, channel is uh, distribution via wholesalers but these wholesalers are consolidating this means they get more leverage over suppliers due to sheer market power and the thing goes a little bit in direction what we have today in the yeah. us so, and it's powered by US money. Yeah? Uh, I think we all know uh, the players investing here. Yes. The thing is now with Amazon and eBay stepping in, I think they are not reinventing everything. Yeah? We have these uh, platforms uh, uh, already, and uh, usually they are 
not long independent. Uh, yeah. They are taken over by a traditional wholesaler yeah. or by a Stellantis, Mr. Otto. Yes. So uh, a few remained. But now with eBay and Amazon, we have, of course, uh, players. And too big eight, to swallow. Exactly. These are the 800-pound gorillas. Yes. And uh, they do something. But the difference is in the business model. Uh, eBay Motors offers uh, suppliers the chance to develop that e-commerce channel without being in competition to a supplier. Yeah? They focus on enabling. They help you with the support of uh, how to describe a product, how yes. to take photos, how to uh, uh, yeah, um, operate uh, logistics, fulfillment, the whole exactly. infrastructure. This means uh, they help you to set this channel up yes. as a supplier. Yeah. This could be interesting for, for uh, some of us. Uh, let's see, this is an individual decision yes, of each other. But fact is that a consolidating market will definitely drive this development and suppliers are looking for alternatives just yeah. to make sure they are not fully dependent on one channel. Yeah. On the other side, I have to say also, Uh, we need stronger wholesalers because we need a strong independent aftermarket. Yeah? And uh, this is only possible to manage the transition here with strong players. And uh, from that side, there's always a good and a bad in yeah. these uh, developments. Yeah, market leverage is one thing, more on the negative side for suppliers. But to have strong players here, which keep the independent market as a whole, in a strong position. Yes. I think that's also, this is the good side of it. From that side, it's a little bit mixed feelings no, when I look to that. To, yeah. to, so that we all can flourish, we need a healthy market in, 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 in every step of the value chain. Exactly, yeah. And the digital players will find their place. Yes. And at the moment, they offer simply an additional uh, opportunity. Let's see how the new market entrance uh, will adapt to that do they make use of such such ways or um, do they find own ways that's a little bit uh, the question but yeah. yeah i said collaboration let's see who can generate something with whom and yeah. uh, this is for me not really decided yeah because all collaborations collaboration models are possible and uh, players which never talk to each other but one thing is clear We will never see silos again. Independent no. aftermarket or OES. This will all move it, somehow yes, and create merge, new yeah. forms of mobility services. Definitely. But the final shape, I think this is really up to the market players. Yeah? Speaking of the future and to close our little chat, when we would meet at Automechanica 2030 again, so what would be the topics we discuss then in eight years' time? In you can also do some wishful thinking. So, No, in eight years' time, we will still talk about digitalization and whatever comes with it. I hope we have the cyber topic solved. Yes. But knowing Brussels, I think it will be there as a problem. And uh, because by then we have more cars in the market with more cyber, and then we bring the evidence. And this is really um, needed before any uh, DG competition takes any action, they want to have evidence that the market uh, is somehow limited. 
So I think this will remain as a topic. We will talk fleet business, how to manage fleets. And then I think workshop networks is one of the key topics in the future because you need a, a network. We will definitely have l probably less uh, uh, workshops, but larger units, which yeah. can uh, manage the investments and also can um, manage the education in people. So from that side, this will be the, the big topics uh, of the future. And I hope we have by then also interesting business models using connectivity data. I think this is, a, That's true. Uh, this is something, and then we do not talk in eight years about access to data, but what to do with the data and to have a competition on the services here. And this is what I really am looking for, to have here benefits for the consumer, but also maybe owned solutions maybe by our members Maybe three, four, five here. concrete use cases with telematics data. Uh, I hope so. That's, that's my big wish for that auto mechanica, yeah? Great. Fingers crossed. Thanks again, Frank, for taking part. It was a pleasure having you as a guest. Yeah, thanks for having me here. And we'll meet soon, latest on the next Clipper event. Definitely. Okay. okay. Thank you Christian. very much. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to our fourth episode here. I hope you enjoy Series 1 so far probably learned something new or got different perspectives on certain topics if so we'd much appreciate if you'd subscribe to our show and give us some positive rating in your podcast app if you'd like to be a guest or nominate someone for a future episode or just want to get in touch please reach out via podcast at techalliance.net so long talk soon and bye bye